Christ is living. And I knew that to be true. I knew. But it just was brought home to me again. Christ is in my life. He's alive. He's active. He has an opinion on what I'm doing. He has an opinion on how I act. And he communicates to me through his word and he and through other things but he communicates and he's living mm. and active welcome to this week's episode of the his hill podcast my name is kelly doherty and i'm your host today i have with us one of our staff members we have rachel fate rachel is uh she was a student with us for two you did two years didn't you just one just the first year okay and uh, then she came on staff. She's now working in the kitchen as, what is your title? Kitchen assistant? Kitchen assistant. Yeah. And she's one of the local girls. She's from Fredericksburg, Texas. And uh, she wasn't scheduled to be here today. Uh, the person that we were going to interview today couldn't make it. So I sent a quick text to Rachel and she said, yeah, she'd be willing to do it. So I'm really thankful that she was uh, so flexible and in doing so. She's got just enough time to do an interview before she has to go to her outreach. So I really appreciate it. Rachel, welcome here. Thank you. It's good to have you. And again, thank you for, for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Uh, Rachel, I know Rachel's family. Uh, we all go to church together. Her sisters were students here as well. And uh, her dad and mother and uh, my family were in choir together at church. Actually, you were you were part of it that year, too. Yes, it was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. And so it's uh, it's been fun getting to, to know them as a family. Uh, I taught Rachel when I was gone for the six years when we were in Louisiana. She was a student and I'd come back and teach. Uh, but it's it's nice to, to be back now and her being on staff and getting to getting to know her. And I'm really excited about having this conversation to even know more about you. So, Rachel, um, how long have you been on staff? I've been on staff for four years. Well, this will be my fifth year, my fifth student body. Okay. Okay, good. Two experience. And uh, where did you, where were you born? Well, I, well, I, I was born in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, okay. Um, my parents were there for work. Um, and so we lived there only for a few years and then we moved to Arizona. So I wasn't there long, but that's, yeah, that's where I was born. Okay. And then you, then where did, where did you move? Arizona. Arizona. Okay. And uh, how long were you there? We were there until I was 12. Okay. I turned 12. So your sisters teacher. your sisters were born there then? Uh, the sister under me, Christina, yeah. she was also born in Las Vegas. Oh, was she? Okay. And then Samantha was born in Arizona. Okay. All right. Now, um, tell us a little, a little bit about your family. What kind of family did you grow up in? Um, yeah, my family has been a huge part of my life. I just, yeah, I just really love them a lot. They've reflected Christ to me, um, because we're a very close family. Mm -hmm. We do everything together and I don't realize that that's unusual. Mm -hmm. Not every family has that, but we've always done everything together. Um, my parents are, are very communicative. They're communicators, um, and they communicate everything with us and always take us with them everywhere and um, did growing up. So yeah, so my, my parents um, are wonderful believers and I have two younger sisters and um, yeah, I would say a very solid God-fearing family. So I, I, I feel very blessed. Mm. Yeah, your, your parents are very, I would say very sweet people, very nice people. And I think very, uh, um, 
uh, there are those believers that are always conscious of what's going on around them too, and and willing to step out and serve. And I, I got to think that was that has been an incredible example for you and your sisters to to see and to grow up with. Yes, yes, service. Yeah. is, I think very important, and people are very important to my parents, mm. and they model that very well. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I see that in you and your sisters too. You, you, you. You do the same. So that's that, that, that your parents have had an incredible influence on you. So tell me, uh, how old were you when you became a believer? Well, I don't know. I don't know a certain age. Okay. Um, I would I would probably guess very young mm-hmm. because as for as long as I can remember, I think I've I've understood the gospel well and I've understood God well in a, in a true sense of what I understand him to be now. The basics, I think I, I uh, have always understood as long as I can remember. So I would guess around three or four. I was very young. Okay. I was very young. Okay. And you're, being in a, a close-knit family, uh, were you homeschooled? I was, yes, okay. um, after third grade. After third grade. I was grade. in private Christian school up to third grade. And um, around that time, the Lord just kind of, um, yeah, did a big change for my for my dad, his mindset changed about being a dad and what that meant, mm-hmm. and um, passing on the knowledge of the Lord to his children, mm-hmm. and kind of trying to decide this idea of discipling his family. Mm-hmm. Um, his mindset about that really changed when I was in third grade, and they pulled us all out of school, pulled us out of children's church. Um, we were all five going in really different directions. And he felt like that wasn't good. And so, yeah, that's when he pulled us out of school and started to homeschool us. Okay. And third grade? Yes. Okay. So did you, and so the rest of your schooling was homeschool? Yes. Okay. Well, what, um, now being, becoming a believer at such a young age, growing up in a strong Christian family, um, was it then easy for you with the Lord just growing up? I would say, yeah, it was very easy with okay. the Lord. I think, um, yeah. Um, when I was seven, we were at a, uh, like a meeting of some kind where they, it was a very exciting meeting and they gave an altar call and I really wanted to go down Okay, and I really wanted to d- respond somehow to the good news we just heard. Mm-hmm. And my parents told me, well, you know, you, you are a believer. You already have accepted Christ. Um, and you know that, don't you? And I said, yes, I, I do. I, I know that. But I, I really want to respond somehow. And so they realized, well, we should probably get her baptized. And so that's when I was baptized. Okay. So I think. Um, and again, what age was that? Seven. Okay. Yeah. So okay. it was, yeah, I would say knowing the Lord has been. Uh, an easy, um, an easy choice. Um, yeah. And he has been reflected in my life so much. I've seen him a lot. Okay. And so, so, um, when, when did you guys move to Fredericksburg? Uh, when I was 12. Okay. When I was 12. Okay. So, and what brought you out to Texas? Um, there was a church who was, um, teaching the Bible Mm. in, um, San Antonio and my parents had just kind of come out of the charismatic movement a okay. little bit, sort of, a, charis- a more charismatic church, and um, really wanted to hear the Bible taught more. Mm. And so they had heard teachings from this church in San Antonio. 
Um, they moved us up to Fredericksburg to be part of another church that sprung from that church. Okay. Okay, good. And how long have you been in Fredericksburg since you were? Since I was 12. So okay. Okay. It's been a while. Okay. Um, Okay, so now you, what kind of things, you know, you're, you're saying that specifically your parents wanted you to, wanted you as a family for you to be a part of a, a Bible teaching church. Can you think of things that were just, were new to you with that? Well, around that time, we started reading the Bible more as a family. Okay. And I started reading my Bible on my own when I was 12 because I thought it was the right thing to do. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think hearing from the Bible on church at church on Sunday morning was new for me. I mean, I guess at 12, you're not necessarily really getting a ton out of Sunday morning, but you can be. Um, so yeah, I started listening, listening at church on Sunday morning, I guess more around that time. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, just reading the Bible together as a family started at that time. Okay. And that was huge. And I started picking up on a lot of things. Um, yeah. Were there things in your, that, that you saw with your parents change at that time that, uh, that, that came as a result of like, like what was so different from what you had experienced to attending a church now that is that's that was you know just just bible based and 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 teaching from the bible what were some things that that over the years that you've seen change with your your parents well they i think their understanding of the importance of not just christianity as a religion mm-hmm. but rather christ as a person okay i think changed radically when it was the bible that was being taught mm. um Awareness of Christ as a person and mm-hmm. what he wants and who he is and mm. that he has a major part in my decisions that I make, how I choose to do things, how I relate to people. Um, I would say, yeah, the Bible being the focus and the Bible being complete. And my dad talked so much at that time about how everything that we ever need to know about life is contained in the Bible. Mm. And that was a revolutionary thought for him. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I find too, you know, that when you're, when you're studying the word, not for knowledge sake, but to get to know the Lord, it's interesting to me how just going through chapter by chapter and verse by verse um, really leaves you with Jesus. Um, even if the t- even if if you know it, it's not specifically talking or directly talking about Christ in a certain passage, you find the truth in that passage leads you to Christ mm-hmm. and, yes. and and dependent upon Him. It's just it's amazing, isn't it? Because yeah. you you, know, you come to find out that all sixty six books of the Bible really are about Jesus, and Jesus says, "When you see me, you see the Father." And so you know it's it you know, we and it, isn't it amazing how easy it is for us to to be in the word even for some of us to be in the word every day and to miss jesus mm-hmm. you know I, yes. I i find it i find it scary um that that it can be so that that can be so easily 
accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how we can, uh, and, and I've seen it, you know, over the years where as believers, we will try everything that comes down the road as a, as a, as a church, we'll try everything. Um, because there is, a, and, and I've, again, I've watched this, you know, I've, I've observed this, that we, we know something's not right. We know that something's missing and we, and we sense that it has something to do with God. So we try everything, and um, and we miss we we miss him. You know, we'll we'll focus on prayer and evangelism. We'll focus on gifts, uh, worship. Uh, you know, we'll 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 focus on all these different things that we find in Scripture, but we we miss Christ. And so all of these things that we find in scripture are, are good things, mm-hmm. but they really become bad things if they take the place of Jesus. These are things that should, uh, that should be the result you know, of Christ's life in us. And yeah. we always think that's where we start when really those, that's the result of his life in us. Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting that your family would see, you know, your, your dad in particular would see the need uh, for, you know, for he and his family to be in the word. Mm-hmm. And I think, wow, what a what an incredible thing to you know for what an incre- as a father, what an incredible thing to hear a daughter say that about her dad, and you know that's you know I just say amen, you know that's you know uh, you know just you know I hope and and I'm and I'm sure Tom is encouraged when he um, when he sees the family and he sees how you guys have grown in the Lord and. And, and what, how you're active with him. You are in a vocational ministry. Your sisters have, uh, we can call it secular jobs, but knowing them, I would think that very much their jobs are their ministries. And Yes. Yeah, and yes, I was having a, a talk along those lines with okay. one of my sisters on Sunday. Really? Yes. So, um, yeah, I'm very glad for that. Yeah, I and and I, I'm glad to hear that. I'm not surprised to hear it. Uh, I had often thought it would have been fun, and maybe we still should do this um, to have all three of you and be interviewed because you know three sisters all went to his hill. Yeah, you know what? You know what? What? what you know, what, all kind of had different experiences, yeah. but kind of the same experience. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe we could. Maybe we should do that still in, in the future. That would be that would be fun. That'd be fun. Um, but I, uh, I'm not surprised to hear that, you know, your sister is saying that because I know the Lord, I, we just had uh, lunch with uh, Arlene and I just had lunch with Dan and Sarah Thomas from Timberline. And we were just talking about how the Lord has just shown us that our, our business is our ministry. And, and I'm so thankful that the Lord, you know, leaving here full-time staff here was a difficult thing, you know, mm-hmm. that. And and, and and then it was a struggle for a while while we were even gone. And Arlene had to pull me aside and just kind of, you know, lovingly get in my face and tell me, you know, Kelly, you are still very much involved in business. It just looks different. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, still very much ministry. involved in ministry. It just looks different now. And, um, and I think really that's what all believers need to come to, to realize that, you know, I'd, and I'm not against this at all, but it's, you know, we don't have to go on the mission field, though if the Lord would have us on the mission field, better get on the mission field. We don't all have to be standing behind a pulpit. We don't all have to be on staff at his hill. But we all, as believers, need to be abiding in Christ. 
And as, as we abide, then we find that there's ministry right in front of us all the yeah. time. Yeah. And that's, so that's, that's a neat thing to, to hear. Which is Major Thomas with his example of the aliens, if the aliens come to the earth to see what God is like, because we bear the image of Christ. So let's just watch humanity and see if mm. what God is like. Right. If we, if we as Christians really are fulfilling that and being image bearers the way we're supposed to, then it would make sense that ministry would happen wherever we are. Because right. we're reflecting Christ wherever we are. Right. And that was the illustration he used in uh, the Indwelling Life of Christ, chapter one. I think okay. it was the first chapter. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, really think about it. How, just what kind of impact the church would have in the world if, if all. If we did that. Yeah. If every believer understood Christ is my life and lived. I mean, imagine what going to the corner store would be if the person behind the counter at the register who's a believer was abiding in Christ. And the, and the, the man in the back of the garbage truck who's a believer is abiding in Christ. And the man who's swinging the hammer, you know, is yeah. a Christian abiding yeah. Christ is the, the mother, you know, the, the, the secretary, the, you know, the, 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 the uh, architect. If, I mean, you know, my goodness, you know, what, mm-hmm. what an impact that would that would have you know yeah. in the world and i often think too that the reason our society the western society is going through such chaos right now is because i believe the church has lost its influence in society mm-hmm. the church was the check on society you know we 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 call it that we we live in a judeo um christian um um society well do we still are we mm-hmm. still you know and i and of course the the fix to that is not all of a sudden that okay we're going to be a check in society but really i think an encouragement like hebrew says to encourage one another daily as long as it's still called today to enter into that rest that is christ mm-hmm. that we need to and that's that's been my prayer for uh, for a while now for the church that we would be taken captive with christ colossians 2 uh because you know that's um, until we are taken captive with Christ, Christ will not be seen in in us. So you know. So anyway, all of that from the from your observation of the the importance of being in the Word and the, and the Word being preached. You know that yes, that this is the foundation mm-hmm. for it. It's not because not just because it's a book with mm-hmm. with answers. Not because of that at all. Because, but because it's a revelation of Jesus Christ, yes. you know, who is God. And so we need to be in the word. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So, um, okay, so you, you're living in Fredericksburg. When did you first hear about his hill? Well, I um, grew up knowing this family named the Bush Houses. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bill's been on the podcast several times. Okay, yes. I, so I grew up going to his house since, since we moved here, since I was 12. They were the, um, some of the first people we met when we moved here to Texas um, and have continued to stay very good friends with their family. And that's just was such a blessing to grow mm. up under his teaching. Um, but he was always telling very funny stories about the hill. Okay. And um, even using as illustrations, conversations he'd had with students and um, with other teachers. And yeah, was talking about the hill all the time. Mm-hmm. And I never thought that I needed to come to the hill mm-hmm. or that I wanted to come to the hill. I was, um, 
yeah, I graduated high school and just uh, started working full-time, three part-time jobs, and um, just had a very good set life there in Fredericksburg. Mm -hmm. But when I was uh, 24, I just really felt like I was spinning my wheels spiritually, Mm. and I wasn't growing. And nothing had really changed except that um, a lot of the Bible studies that we had been attending kind of dropped off the grid, Mm. and um, so I wasn't being taught the word as much as I was used to. Okay. I had been used to going to Bible studies, being just taught a lot in the word since I was very young. And a lot of that kind of stopped, had stopped and I missed it. So I thought, well, I'm, yeah, I'm just really not going anywhere spiritually, not growing as a person, even socially. Um, Maybe his hill would be a good, just a good push for me. And so yeah, I came when I was 24, and it was everything that I had wanted. It was just, yeah, um, so much good teaching in the Word, and so much good perspective, and uh, just people talking about about just different things I had questions about, and mm. and of course, it was encouraging to be with other believers. Yeah, and I thought, well, I'm I'm 24. I'm going to come, and I'm going to be so much older than everybody. But that, that wasn't the case. We had five other people who were 24 mm-hmm. my year, and we had someone who was 27, someone who's 28. So that was nice. Um, but it was it was just encouraging to be around other believers who were as excited about God mm. as I was, who was, who were as excited about God's word as I was. Mm. Yeah, I actually, that, I think we talked about that some last week with... Um, Grace and Christian. Uh, Christian, yeah, um, just the the just being up here with other believers and the impact that that can have on on us. Um, now, what about um, uh, f- for you with that? Did you find it interesting to be with believers not not only other believers but from all around the world? Oh yes, oh yes, I just different upbringings. Yeah. Um, because sometimes as a homeschooler, you have your homeschooled set um, of people and then you have to work hard to push outside of that. Mm-hmm. So I am grateful that I had other believers in my life, but most of them were homeschooled. Most of them had grown up conservative in conservative families the way I had. Right. So just different upbringings, um, different thought processes, different backgrounds, um, different cultures. Um, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. And sometimes a struggle, um, but a good struggle to try to understand where are you coming from. So, but it, I find it, I found it very beneficial and, and enjoyable to be encouraged. God is at work all over the world. Yeah. Not just here in Texas, the Bible Belt. Um, but God is, God is at work all over the world. Yeah. Has been for a long time. <laughs> I find uh, I can I think back to my year as a student and I remember you know coming out of my denomination all I knew was that coming here to a, a non-denominational school and not only that but people from all over the world that there were you know it was good for me to think through you know why do I believe the way I believe and 
are there some things that maybe, you know, maybe I'm not listening to the Lord on. Maybe there's some things I need to change how I think, um, change how I behave. And it was, you know, it was really good for me to, to be challenged like that and mm-hmm. to think through those things with the Lord, to prayerfully think through those things. Um, and then, of course, in the midst of all of that, hearing that Christ is my life, you know, not just a big ticket to heaven, not someone for me to just try to act like, but he literally is my life. Then, as Major Thomas used to tell us, the pressure is off. You know, the, the weight yes. is off. And um, so, you know, to hear those things and to, to think through those things was really profitable. It was, it was really an incredible year. I, even, even today, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. back, that was 1984-85, I think back and think that was a huge, huge point yeah. in my life, setting the, setting the stage for the rest of my life. Um, so, uh, so you're, you're saying that was the, the same for you. Yes, and and um, Christ is with Christ with Christ's life. Um, the thing that torchbearers, as torchbearers, we love to talk about and mm-hmm. we love to just focus on, um, because it is so good to focus on, so good to enjoy. You know that truth. Um, I think I I didn't hear for the first time here mm-hmm. at Bible school. Um, maybe it's maybe it's Mr. Bushhouse's teaching, but I think. I think it's because if you look in scripture enough, mm-hmm. you see it. Mm-hmm. It's there. Yeah. It's not a new idea. Right. It it's in the Bible. It's throughout right. the Bible. Right. And so a lot of times teachers, Bible teachers here at the school, I think don't even just come out and say, "Well, I'm going to spend this whole week talking about Christ's life in you." Mhm. I'm just going to take a book mm-hmm. and I'm going to go through it. And it's plain. It's there for right. all to see. Um and so I didn't hear it for the first time when I was here, um, but just going through God's word, it's there. Right. And there's a class at the end of the year that Connor does where he has you pick a word to describe Christ that you have learned better this year or learned more. Okay. Christ is, and my word was living. Mm. Christ is living. And I knew that to be true. I knew, but... It just was brought home to me again. Christ is in my life. He's alive. He's active. He has an opinion on what I'm doing. He has an opinion on how I act. And he communicates to me through his word and he and through other things. But he communicates and he's living mm. and active. And I knew that to be true. But I think it was something that was just very strongly brought home to me. Okay. Through my ear. Oh, that's great. Um, did you did you come straight onto staff from being a student, or was there a break time? I did. I okay. did. I came. I did a year, and then I did camp. And then okay. I came on. So how did that come to be? Uh, did to come on staff? What tell us the story? How that happened? Yeah. Well, um, I guess because of what we were talking about earlier, that you know, your life is your ministry. It had never been a dream of mine to be on ministry. When I was a kid, I thought, well, I wanted to go into missions and spread the gospel. But over time, that desire had diminished, and I just wanted to reflect Christ wherever I was. Mm-hmm. So my, my dream was never to be in ministry. Never be in a vocational ministry. Yes, right. yes. Um, and there were several students my year who were 
saying, I love the Hill, I want to be at the Hill, I never want to leave. I would love to be asked on staff, but that was never something that I had desired or imagined would happen. Um, but um, yeah, Charlie talked to me about staying and I really don't know if this was the right approach or not, but I said yes without praying about it or even thinking very hard about it um, because I, I felt, first of all, and I don't know if this is a good way to make a decision. <laughs> I really don't. But my, my thought process was, well, if someone is on the side of the road doing a work, doing something hard, and they ask you to help, my first step would be, yes, of course I'll help. Mm. Um, and my second thought was that, well, if this is being offered to me, it probably is the Lord offering it to me. Mm. And so the Lord has given me the option, like, Rachel, I'm doing a good work here. I'm doing something big here. Would you like to be a part of it? And so, of course, the no-brainer answer is yes. <laughs> I would like to be a part of it. Um, if you're giving me this opportunity. Um, and my third thought process was, I don't have anything that I can't afford to leave. I'm at a place in life where I could just live at a Bible school. Mm. And I think that's interesting because I have found that we, we as believers make making a decision I think more difficult than it needs to be. Mm, yes. Um, we are, as believers, I really believe that we're the only people in the world that have the freedom to make decisions. You know, uh, we, we have the freedom to, and, and I find that we're so scared that we're going to make a mistake or we're so scared we're going to fail. But really, if, we're, if you are really free in Christ, if you're abiding in Christ, then, and this is a horrible way to say it, but we're free to fail. It's okay because it's not failure. If you're, if you're going with the Lord and it doesn't work out the way you thought it was, well, it was never about the way you thought it was going to be. It's always been about him. Mm -hmm. Well, that's okay. Uh, but we miss out on so much, I think, because one, we don't, like you said, I really appreciate that, that, you know, God is sovereign. So if I'm being asked, <laughs> it, it could be that this is, you know, probably what the Lord's doing. Uh, you, you weren't pursuing it. And it was, uh, you know, it just, I, I liked your illustration of, you know, if, if someone was on the side of the road hurting and asked for help, you know, it, it's not like you're going to let me pray about this first, you know. And, and again, yeah. I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying it's, it's wrong to pray about it. Um, but I think we need to, we need to make decisions. I was talking to a group of guys one time at another torchbearer center about this, how it just seems to me like, um, we're just as believers. So many of us are afraid to make a choice, to make a decision and it paralyzes us. But we, uh, we are the, we, we are the only people in the world that should live free, not paralyzed. And, after talking with them about that, that one of the students was an older student. He was like 35, I think. And he, um, he and his wife were about to go on the mission field. They uh, had had their own business and, uh, they thought that this would be good for them to get a year of Bible training before 
going, I think they were just required of them before they went on the mission field. And when I asked, does, do any of you want to say anything? And, and he spoke up and said, yeah, I do. Um, you know, he was a businessman. And he says, guys, just looking at all the, all the guys in the room, he says, let's say that you want, that you're starting a business, but, but you're hesitant because it could fail. He said, what's the worst thing that could happen? And it was quiet. And he's looked around the room. He said, well, you could lose some money. You know, that's the worst thing that could happen. And I thought, well, that he was the right one in the room to say that uh, because we, we see failure as failure. But no, wait a minute. You know, the Lord takes us in places and sometimes through things for uh, for good. And, you know, we, we need to be, okay, listen, Lord, I trust you. You're, you're opening this up to me. I trust you for it. I will move into this and, and, and be, and, and with dependence on you and for what you have. And, and what's so freeing about living this way is that there's no expectations other than the faithfulness of God, because he tells us in Romans eight, that he's working all things together for good. Mm-hmm. Eight twenty-eight, and then in twenty-nine, he tells us that good is conforming us to the image of his son. So he's actually, you know, he's going to use this for his good to get rid of what is not Jesus in my life to mm-hmm. leave me with what is Jesus. And so, you know, and I'm not wanting this to just run around making flippant decisions, you know, that kind of thing. But, but to, I think it's important for us to be in relationship with the Lord, walking with Him, abiding in Him. To where when these situations or these opportunities come up, we're ready to make the decision. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a good point. It's a good point to make. Um, now, you've been on staff for, this is, you're into your fifth year now. Um, what's, what's it been like? What was, the, what was the transition like going from student to staff? Um, well, let's see. Uh it was it was pretty seamless transition, I would say. Um, it didn't. I had already wrapped my mind around it by the time I came on staff, so I was used to the idea. My first year on staff was hard. Just um, yeah, figuring out what that looked like, and I didn't really know a lot mm-hmm. about how this property works, how the staff works, how we relate to the students, and. Um, there were some things that I was thrown by for sure. Um, the work in the kitchen really kind of threw me. I thought that I knew the basics of cooking Okay. when I came on staff, and I quickly realized I knew nothing about cooking. Um, and so everything that I know now, which is not as much as I would like, um, Audrey has had to painstakingly teach me repeatedly remind me of and patiently coach me through. Um, so the work itself in the kitchen was, um, was a big learning curve. Um, but coming on staff in some ways was pretty seamless. Okay. That's neat. And that I find that interesting because you said, well, it just, you know, the Lord's opened this door. I'm trusting you, Lord, I'm going to go into it, but that didn't mean it was going to be an easy thing. No, and yeah. just just practically the work in the kitchen 
it has has been a trial for you. Mm-hmm. But have you have you seen the Lord use it for good? I I always like to think, well, the Lord's going to bring good out of this. Um, it's hard, and so therefore the Lord is going to use it. And the first few years I thought, like, Lord, how can you possibly be using this? Mm-hmm. I don't see anything. I don't see, like, why are you making this so hard? And not that I was frustrated with God. Okay. I was thankful. But I just was confused. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you think, well, the Lord has called me this work. So he's going to equip me. Mm. And he didn't. So I I kept expecting, well, Lord, you're going to teach me something. Well, Lord, you're going to use this in some way. Well, Lord, you have something in mind. And it seemed like he didn't. So I'm still thinking, you know, whether, yeah, whether he's used it or whether he has. But something that I did come away with was further recognition of the fact that I am incapable Mm -hmm. and I have nothing to offer Mm -hmm. and I am not. He doesn't need me. Mm-hmm. He could put somebody else in the kitchen who's probably way more equipped, but he chose me. Mm. What a blessing! Yeah, to show himself mighty, and so maybe, maybe, kind of what I've come away with is that my story is more so of Gideon's view. Okay, like uh, the Lord took away, like never really equipped me. Okay, but it's to show, you know, He can use us. Yeah, because really, you know, thinking. Now I really understand his hill and the way it works. Mm. And if you point the continued quote unquote success of his hill, it's not because of the staff. The staff are wonderful people, but it's because of God. Amen. It's really because of his enabling his, um, his work that he's, he's doing here, the work. Right. We're not here doing the work. Right. The Lord is here doing the work. Right. We're just the vessels. So if he had me to depend on to feed the students every day, it wouldn't happen. So, yeah, it's more so like maybe I've I've just fully kept realizing God's sufficiency. That's well, you see, that's I think that's really a powerful thing to say because you know we go into certain situations thinking, okay, this is what the Lord will do, or this is what He's going to do, and this is what success will look like, or this is what growth will look like, and we miss out on what He's doing. You know, and so the whole reason for him to be here and really, you know, what he's doing is he is doing good. He is conforming you to the image of his son and he's using your, um, you know, your confusion to do that. And, you know, this is not what this is not how you would do it. But, you know, thank the Lord. It's not about how you would do it. Yes. And he's being glorified in that. Uh how um what's it like for you to uh to be you know go from student to staff and now being involved in students lives to be discipling oh i i just i really love it i really love uh being involved with students lives first of all because it's encouraging mm-hmm. it's encouraging to my faith their their faith is encouraging to my faith yeah and um we, yeah we have so many amazing students that come through we do and they love the lord and they desire to understand him, mm-hmm. and um, and when they come in and ask me questions in the kitchen, or they come in and 
um, or just even the conversations around the table or looping or the conversations we're having, they're asking the right questions, they're having good thoughts, they're reading God's word, they're making observations, they're picking up what's said in class. And so their faith in that is encouraging to my faith. Mm. Um, so encouraging. The Lord is at work. The Lord is at work. And it's just wonderful. Um, but also, I think it's good to be a part of that. A, a part of, you know, sometimes I do say something that's helpful. And that feels like, oh, great. I said something that was helpful. That's that's good. Mm-hmm. That's a bonus, you know, um, and that is, is good. I, I do enjoy that. Um, but I, I just mostly feel like a benefactor. Like mm. I, I, I feel like, yeah, I get to observe God's work in their lives. I, I, you know, that's interesting in it because Paul opened several of his letters the same thing you know how he rejoiced to hear of their faithfulness of their growth and and really how that ministered to him and i find the same thing you know when you're there's always as a teacher when you walk into class there's often um, those students that you can tell are just so in tune they're just fixated on what's you know what is happening right now and it, I, and I, every once in a while, I will pull when I get an opportunity to talk with those students. You know, I thank them for that because that's that's a ministry to us as teachers to to actually to stand in front of a room like that and to look at the faces and then to see those that are and, and it's not just those, but you know, there's other. But but the Lord often will show you one or two students, like when I'm go go somewhere to be a guest speaker, where you can see they're just really engaged. And the Lord ministers to our hearts as teachers when we see that. Um, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a, isn't it interesting how the Lord will use us and we don't know he's using us. Yes, what and, a blessing. Yeah, and, you know, and over the years, students will come up to me and say things like, you know, when you said this, and I, yes. you know, there's been, I, I'm thinking of a time just recently, a student came up to me and said, you said this, and I'm standing there looking at them thinking. <laughs> I don't remember saying that. When did I say that? You know, and I I have no, but, and then it's just, it's, it's just really interesting. You know, how it may have been something that was said in passing. Uh, it, you know, it may, I don't know what it was, but they, you know, they heard me say something I don't remember saying. Uh, when students will, at the, at the end of the year, you know, closing banquet, when they'll sometimes get up and they'll talk about what they've seen in you. You know, thank you for how you handled this. Yes, they watch everything. Yeah, and you think, oh boy, I remember that time, and I can't believe the Lord was using that, like you know, like like that. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so again, it comes back to something you were saying earlier: is that the Lord doesn't need us. Yeah. Um, he He can use us. He wants us, and He can use us, and He will use us. Yeah. But really, it's His business. You know, that's why we call it. That's really why we call this His Hill. Uh, you know, not to be cute or not to think that we're the only ones in the world that have, but that was really the the, the thought behind the naming. And, uh, and so, but that should be true of our lives, right? You know, whether we're here at His Hill or we're on the other side of the world, whether we're on staff or we're, you know, we're managing a store or whatever the case may be, that we're His. And, and therefore, what I'm engaged in right now is His business, 
And so I can trust him for him with his business. Yes. And, uh, and he just gets to, you know, we get to, uh, we get just, we, we get to, we just get to be with him, you know, and watch him work. It's, uh, it's really a privilege. Yeah, it is a privilege. Well, um, Rachel, you know, thank you. I appreciate you, uh, you spending some time with me today. And again, it was curveball just throwing at you <laughs> like this, you know, and, uh, I just, uh, fired off a text and asked if you would do it. It was probably one of those similar moments for you. Well, the Lord's opening a door, so I'll go through this. I should this. probably walk through it. Yeah. <laughs> and he has good things on the other side. Yeah, he does. And I appreciate that very much. Uh, and it's, and I've, I've, in, I've enjoyed visiting with you and just, you know, hearing more from you about your life, how the Lord has been consistent in your life and to, to use you and to, uh, and, and again, the encouragement too, that, you know, just the basics of being in his word, seeing Jesus as he shows himself and he will, he show himself in his word and to be obedient and go with him. That's, that's, that's really a, an encouragement, an encouragement to me. So thanks for doing this. Of course. Yeah. You've been listening to the His Hill podcast featuring our host, Kelly Doherty, along with our kitchen assistant, Rachel Fate. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. And as always, remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ. I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.